spring training stats matter. That's something I was told back in the day. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills, in for Bill Michaels today. It's only the good ones that you focus on. Just like in the preseason. When a guy looks great, it matters. When he looks bad, eh, it's the preseason. Mike Brasso is hitting 423 with five bombs for the Brewers. This 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 uh spring training out in uh out in Arizona. Looking like maybe the starting third baseman, Grant Bills, opening day roster. I got a figure. Yeah. And you know, Ben, uh, I was in the clubhouse last week every day. I was I was down there covering. Oh, I've been were you? A lot. I was. And when I was in the clubhouse, I noticed you'd be hard pressed to find a more likable, charismatic individual than Mike Brasso. Wade Miley, great vibes. Mike Brasso, really good vibes. I actually feel like he's going to fit really well and play a expanded role this season. Just just my personal and professional opinion after being in the clubhouse. As, as somebody who was there, which yeah, which yeah. cannot be stated enough. And, and I am trying to state it enough. I can't. <laughs> I actually can't. So there's a, there's a lot of excitement uh, around the team. The, the news, obviously, with Corbin Burns hiring Scott Boris, making it more likely that he is gone. Also, after the uh, arbitration hearing press conference video debacle at the start of spring training. That sucks. Obviously, there's a there's a part of me where it's like, OK, like midway through the season. Tell me if I'm crazy, Grant. I, I don't think the front office is stupid enough to do what they did last year again in the middle of the season. Agreed. There's no way. So if it happens, it would happen next offseason because he still has two years left under contract. Correct. This one and one more. Right. Yes. So if it Same is hater, same situation. Well, I, I would I would pray. I, I I would hope to to whatever you worship that that they have learned from the hater situation and that they don't do it again when they see, OK, oh, we're a winning team. Guess what? Garrett Mitchell's playing good baseball. We actually have an offense. The pitching staff's great. I hope if they're a game out of first place, they don't decide to do it again with Burns. And maybe that's blind faith. But with all that, I, I don't know. I, I think about the NL Central. It's like, where we, where do we set expectations for this Brewers team? I think the NL Central is theirs to lose. Whoa. Okay. That could be bold. And, and so Fangraphs has them a little bit behind the Cardinals. They have the Cardinals as the favorite. I don't know how big of a deal it is, but Adam Wainwright is going to start the season on the IL after some World Baseball Classic-related groin, strain, tightness stuff. I just... I just look at this Brewers team and, and the, the difference between this year's team and last year's team with the young talent that's coming up with with the rejuvenation, not only because you're not getting one of your stars traded midseason, but also with that helps with, with with Garrett Mitchell starting in center. I think we'll see a lot from from Terang at second. Like there are guys coming up to play big roles. And this is a farm system. That's what eighth in baseball right now. There's yeah. legit talent there to actually give boost to a lineup that should be fine, should be a little bit better than fine. The pitching staff's incredible. I, I think Council will be able to cook again w- with the bullpen. I trust – it really just comes down to the bullpen. It's it, it really just comes down to whether dudes next to Devin Williams can pitch and get outs. But I, I don't know. The, the Cardinals are obviously very talented offensively. I just don't know if they can withstand 162 games of pitching. Flaherty has shown that he can't. 
Adam Wainwright is old. Adam Wainwright's been very good for a long time. It's just tough when players get old. That's why I try to cut Aaron Rodgers a lot of slack when Packers fans are comparing him to Mahomes and, you know, other great quarterbacks. He's 40. Adam Wainwright's old. And he doesn't throw with a ton of velocity, so he really needs to be on his game to be effective. The Brewers and the Cardinals have been the inverses of each other, right? The Brewers have had the pitching and the bullpen. They've been struggling to cobble together offense. The Cardinals are the opposite. They have the offense. They're struggling to cobble together pitching. And I I guess your prediction for the NL Central in those two teams this year hinges on whether you believe more in the Brewers and their ability to find offense or believe in the Cardinals and their ability to find pitching. That's the, the question. That's the bet. I don't think it can be stated enough um, what a happy clubhouse, what a fresh clubhouse will do to the team yes. in, a, in yes. a positive direction. Just a fresh start from last year. And, and the team last year, they obviously got off to a great start and then struggled a bit, but it's not as if they were, they, they were horrible by any means. And I think they genuinely got better. And I don't know what last year's playoffs will do to the Cardinals with what went on with the absolute choke job in the, in the wild card series. Oh, it's great. But you mentioned Flaherty. He can't really get through a season. I'm not sold Jordan Montgomery is that good. He's fine. He'll He's pay- what they needed last year. They just needed an arm that he was is. available. He like is in the scope of a big season. When you're asking more, I don't. I'm with you. I don't know if he's that guy. Wainwright's a million years old. Michaelis is pretty old as well, and I've seen enough from Stephen Matz to know that there's nothing special there. He's fine. Yeah. I just that staff doesn't doesn't do much for me. And yeah, they they add Wilson Contreras. I I don't know. I, I look at their team. There's there's no more pool holes. Retirement party, everyone wants to win for him. Got to factor that in. I just, I, I think it would be a colossal disappointment if they don't win the division. After, after all that's gone on in the last couple of years and they still have the staff together and they seem to have an offensive core that should be better than last year together and still what I believe to be a great manager, I, I think it would be a big disappointment if they don't win the Central. I think the expectations should be set there, not just make the playoffs in a wild card spot. I agree. First and foremost, I agree with you that the expectation should be there. And I agree that their manager is great. I've thought their manager has been great for four or five years. And after being in the clubhouse all of last week, I feel more that way. I feel more vindicated about my, my after being there. For Craig Council. Oh, after well, being after there. Be, you have to be there. Yeah. <laughs> See it in person. Can I throw in another variable? Tell sure. me if I'm wrong here. Just spitballing. I kind of think the Chicago Cubs will be a plucky team this year. Hmm. Do you not feel that way? I just, I feel like the expectations are not high. You're going to come in. The lineup's going to be able to hit for some pop. You're going to hit some home runs. I think they're, they're going to be excited again. And I think they might be able to catch a little something. Like the Brewers 2017, or even in 2018, when they're building towards something, but 2018 wasn't supposed to be the year that they did it. And it ended up being the year. I'm not saying the Cubs are going to come within an inch of a World Series, but... I feel like that could be a plucky, exciting team that wins some more games or at least wins more games than people maybe expect. Offensively, yes. Okay. Fangraphs has them at a, at a distant third with a projected win-loss of 76 and 85 with decimals there. Brewers, 86 and 76. Cardinals, two games ahead of the Brewers and the projections. Let me let me read to you something that probably will not give you much confidence in that becoming true. Okay. 
What do these five names have in common? Marcus Stroman, Jamison Tyone, Kyle Hendricks, Justin Steele, and Drew Smiley. They're all not very good and or injury prone. And that happens to be their rotation. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's bad. Not to mention their bullpen is, is I, probably equally as questionable, except for Brad Boxberger. Brewers made a mistake letting that go down the river or go down the lake towards Chicago. I was on air with Zach when that happened. And I was, I was slightly appalled. Not that he's incredible. Perplexed. Perplexed. Good word. He's like well, $700,000. You really can't do that. I, I can bet you he's better than some of the guys the Brewers still have in their bullpen. Well, they wouldn't give Corbin Burns an extra $700,000 in arbitration. That's neither here nor there. They missed just the playoffs because of Burns. Guys you trust in the bullpen. They don't have to be Josh haters. They don't have to be elite receivers. Guys you know. Right? We know what Brad Boxberger is. I, I want guys that we know. Probably going to rely a little bit on Adrian Hauser as a reliever this year. Oh. I don't really love that. I don't know how that's going to go. I hate that. We're gonna have to, yeah, yeah, I do too. I hate that. 877-867-1670. Our, our buddy Vegabon Johnny's here. Uh, sorry for the wait. Had to throw in the, no, the he- Brewers here. Um, but I know you have some some thoughts on the draft. Grant, I told him that the, the tweet about touchdowns between the two receivers, Jordan Addison and, and Smith and Jigba, mm-hmm. w- was off the table. Okay. What's up, John? It was, a bad, it was a bad tweet. And Vagabond John knows that I love him. He's a super smart sports fan, which is why I'm holding him to a, a standard that's Sometimes. above that tweet. I just do my very best. How's it going, boys? Uh, I do my very best to have data to back up my argument. And my argument is I don't want to take Jackson Smith and Jigma. I have him off my draft board, particularly if I'm drafting in the top 15. If he's around 20, if we trade back, sure, let's go for it. Number one reason is the injury, right? I mean, only having one healthy season on your resume. This kind of reminds me of a situation that I was really frustrated about, and this kind of relates back to what we've been talking about all day. GMs make mistakes, right? The Chiefs drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over Jonathan Taylor, right? They drafted the injury-prone player from one of the best offenses from a blue-blood national championship caliber program over the guy who dominated college production over three years. And that's what I'm going to apply to talking about Jordan Alice Addison versus Jackson Smith in Jigba. Uh, JSN's ceiling, much higher. Uh, Addison's floor, much higher. And I think for that reason, you know, I work in sales. I don't want to get fired for – no one gets fired for drafting a starter – this is the kind of thing where if you draft Jackson Smith and Jigba and he gets hurt, uh, his hamstring still isn't healthy, which he talked about at the combine, right? I was barely able to get ready. If you draft him and he's not able to stay on the field for the next three years, that's going to be a problem. Uh, draft the guy who dominated college for take. I would say that there are better options in that light than Addison, though. I'm not well, a big Quentin Johnson is the other guy. I'm not a big Quentin Johnson fan, but I'd prefer him over Addison. He's 6'3", so if you're a size matters type of person, right, which Come on. for other reasons I'm not, uh, <laughs> you know, take the 6'3 guy it over doesn't. the 5'11 guy. It doesn't, right? But that's kind of where we got in the trap with the last receiver that we tried to draft out of Clemson, right? Oh, let's draft the short, unathletic guy. That's where the red flags are with Addison. So as Packer fans, obviously, 
We don't want that. But wanted to get one other thing in here real quick before I let you go. go yes. Back to baseball. So we can leave that here. Uh, I got the list of MLB's top 100 players that came out today from the four letter network. Have you guys looked at that yet today? I have not from the, from the ESPN athletic or from ESPN. Out. ESPN put it out. And so they got three pitchers here going into this season. And I want to hear your guys' rankings of where you would take these. And oh, top a hundred players, not only uh, prospects. Correct. Players gotcha. going into the season, kind of like the football does. So we got Aaron Nola, Justin Verlander, and Corbin Burns. How would you rank those three going this season? It's somewhat projection because I think there has to be a year eventually where Verlander starts to get old. Burns one easy. I would take Nola two and Verlander three. Likewise. Uh, they have it exactly opposite. So they have uh, Justin Verlander, Corbin Burns, and then Aaron Nola at three. So uh, I, I mean, they have I mean, each of those, each of those guys do different things. Like Burns in the when he's on the mound is probably the second best starter in baseball next to Degrom. Just in terms of like you, you don't get on base, you don't get hits. Aaron Nola pitches, I believe, without having it in front of me, a lot more innings. Where he is, he's proven to be durable. His skill is he can give you seven, eight innings of two run ball, while Burns goes five and gives up nothing, right? Uh, and and Verlander, I, I don't know. I, I he's on the Mets. Like it's not going to go well. We've watched the Mets play baseball for our whole lives. Yeah, and it's uh, it's interesting because we're kind of talking about Burns, his value. Where is he going to go? You know, he's like the fifth the fifth pitcher on this list. And and hearing the way people have talked about it, when I clicked into this link, I expected him to be higher. But he's uh, he's at twenty third overall, and I think he's the fifth starting pitcher. They got like Sandy Alcantara up up there and. I see it. Oh, they've Garrett Cole up there. uh, Yeah. It's kind of an interesting list for the content today. Oh, it's disagreeable. Uh, Not to mention they have some, some DHs pretty like baseball's about so much more than just how, like, what do you slash? You know, Trey Turner rightfully so is a top 10 player, but I was, I was scrolling through and they had, um, they had some guys up there that just don't really play the field. They just happen to hit well. Which is which is great, but I don't know. Hey, Jordan Alvarez good. is one of them. He's good. It, it gives us something to talk about, right? It scars. Uh, season's coming up soon, and as you guys pointed out, it'll be exciting here in the great state of Wisconsin. So, on that note, all right, buddy. Uh, I'll get ready. I'll go shopping and get ready to get all my tailgate supplies for the next NIT game. Let's go. Yo, get your get okay. your spring football takes ready. Those are more important than whatever NIT crap you come up with. No offense. We'll be ready. Hey, it's right, postseason basketball. Appreciate it. Don't Appreciate disrespect it. the kids. Um, Grant, let's do that when we come back. <laughs> the Badgers playing the NIT on Tuesday. Grant tweeted something. He's unhappy about something, and I'm going to let him lay it out when we come back. That's Grant. I'm Ben. We're in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We're back. Bill Michaels show. The replacements are here. Ben Kenny. Grant Bills. Grant, the Summerfest lineup is out. I wanted to touch on this at some point today. 
Yeah. The Summerfest lineup uh, is out for the summer in Milwaukee, headlined by Eric Church. Does that do it for you? Zach Brown Band? Uh, I, I just don't love country. I Marcus King's playing with Zach Brown Band. I both love and hate Marcus King. That's a long thing we don't need to get into. <laughs> I, I can talk about both Eric Church and Zach Brown and Marcus King for a while. I was I wondering like for headliners. How so excited are you for Young Gravy? Are we over him already? He had his song "Money" slash "Get Bet." No, it was Betty slash "Get Money." What song? UW guy though. I have no clue. I, I'm I'm unfamiliar. I, I'm unfamiliar with a lot when it comes to music, which is okay. a problem sometimes working in radio. Okay. I have my music. And I listen to it. I don't really delve into You're like country guy. I enjoy it when it's nice out. Sure. If it's nice enough for me to roll down a window, for sure. Wear shorts, right. things of that nature. I enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, are you pumped for NLE Chapa? I don't know who that is. You tweeted <laughs> that at me this morning. I know a small little bit of rap. I don't know that guy. Nor do I. Maybe someone can enlighten us. So. That's coming up uh, this summer. Should be good. The but, headliner on here, by the way, I would pay to see Dave Matthews band. DMB always. I'd see Dave. Yes. That is otherwise it's three stages. That is one I would I would agree with. So you've taken some heat over the last twenty four hours. Yeah. For a for a tweet you you fired off as I pull up the tweet. A lot of retweets. There it is. Uh, 20 hours ago, 4.49, while you were on air, so th- there must have been something that prompted it. Mm-hmm. Quote, Badgers fans are celebrating and normalizing the NIT, and I, for one, don't like it. Grant, the floor so is I, yours. I turned off notifications for this tweet like two hours ago, <laughs> by the way. Is it still going? Oh, yeah. And, it, and it's weirdly like picking up momentum because new corners of Badgers are finding it. Here's what happened. Okay, I wrote down like five minutes worth of thoughts on my show run done last night to talk about the NIT win. And I said, I, I was very happy when Chucky Hepburn's shot went down. It was cool how the Cole centers filled up and been rowdy and how they basically showed up Oregon in their home building. All that's good. Nothing against the kids, nothing against the program, nothing against Badgers fans being happy for a win because the alternative is cheering for your team to lose. And that would be stupid. I was going to talk about it for like five minutes and I don't know exactly what I said that got the ball rolling. And it was just call after call after call and texts and tweets. I wanted to talk about the Packers for like an hour and a half last night. I couldn't because as soon as I tried to switch over, I'd get a Badgers call. I'm like, well, this just sounds dumb. So I'll lean into the Badgers. I think my frustration is a small, but specific sect of Badger fans that are like boisterously bragging about this. And I don't like that because this program's better than that. This program is better than talking smack to Marquette fans about how our, our team is playing farther into the postseason. I don't like that. that. That's like a loser mentality. That's that's minimizing what the Badgers program has been for so long. That's my frustration. I'm not anti the Badgers winning games. In the, that would be stupid. I'd be, a, I'd be a bad fan for that. Does that make sense? Yeah, the wording was just terrible. Oh my God! It was it, there. There weren't many worse ways to say that. Well, what should? But I, I tried to tweet to clarify, which is a problem. Here's it. here's the issue with Twitter, and as somebody who has been the focus of of many ratios, 
and pylons because I have misworded many things when it comes to sports takes. The problem with Twitter is you don't have enough characters to fully elaborate on what your point is. You have to fire it off in two sentences. And you make it sound like, you know, how dare Badger fans, uh, like myself, celebrate making the program's third Final Four in 10 years. (laughs) That's that's it. That's the crap right there. Well, it's funny. I don't think it is. I don't think it... And here's another thing. This is personal to me. So maybe folks don't care about this, but I'm just trying to get people to see it my way. I am mocked on our network a lot by our morning show hosts and by Zach as being a bit of a loser. I'm not a habitual winner because of a comment I made about the by, Brewers two years ago being that has been so loser. warped. It, it's not even, it's been so lost. I, I'm, I'm accused of being a loser, right? So then when I turn on shows and see tweets from those people who call me a loser, puffing out their chest and bragging about how the Badgers are chasing a natty and trying to hang a banner in the NIT, I get a little tilted. So maybe this is more of a me problem and a problem with my situation and my very small circle of friends and coworkers. And maybe I just shouldn't have made it everybody else's problem. I think that's where I, that was my misstep. I see that. I think I'm, I'm celebrating the final. That's it's how I follow the team. I think that's a big part of it. There's, there's something with more college sports because it's so nonlinear Right, it's not like in the NFL. You go to the playoffs, you try to win a Super Bowl. It's very clear where you stand. In college sports, for instance, the Badgers going to crap bowl games. I'm going to celebrate the hell out of the Duke's Mayo Bowl because it's funny. That's like that's how you do it. You, you get very into it. None of the starters play. You watch the game. It's probably disgusting. And then when you win, you parade around to say that you won a bowl game. That's that's kind of the fun that comes with college sports, which is different. That's what I would that's what I would say it's due to. Not to mention the fact this season has been an absolute train wreck to follow and not fun, yet the last week and a half has or two weeks have been electric and very fun to follow. So there's joy to be taken out of it. Yeah. And I don't I don't mean to poop on anyone's parade. I think it's it's me. It's a personal thing. It's it's my relationship to my coworkers True. on this network. It's a classic. And, uh, it's yeah. not you. It's me situation. It is. Just it is truly tough me. to get out of. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. We could have a badger call. Let's go to line one. You're on the Bill Michael Show. Who do we got? Uh, this is uh, Chase. Chase, what's up, man? Iowa. Uh, I actually want to agree. I, I'm a Hawkeye fan. Oh, I'm sorry I, to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I agree. Like. Why was it, like, uh, it was like a few days ago, Caller, like, was cheering for, because Marquette lost and the Badgers lost, or the Badgers won, and I'm like, why would you be cheering for Michigan State to keep advancing? That's like... Oh, I've been actively doing that. Partially because I root for the Big Ten not named Michigan in the tournament. So that I could say the conference is better, which then inherently props up Wisconsin. Uh, I also root against Iowa. No offense. I, I think it's yeah, I mean, very I, funny I, I, when Fran McCaffrey loses. But oh no, I, I, uh, I already know we're the one and done Hawkeyes. I well, I celebrated when Marquette lost as well because I the the one year Wisconsin misses the tournament, Marquette has their best season ever, 
and then I, I, I find some some comedy in, in them losing. But that's because I don't like the t- like like there's a rivalry there. I don't like them. Uh, I mean, I would rather have Marquette, and then you got to hear all the Michigan State fans and saying how they're just the best in the Big Ten. Like I respect Marquette. I like Marquette. So I well, you're an Iowa fan. fan. There's no the, there's no inner like it, it's Iowa. <laughs> You know? I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, I want to root for the Badgers to advance any farther than us, but I, that's not going to happen because we're always one and done. So, all right, uh, is uh, are the Hawkeyes going to score? Are they going to average twenty five points per year this season and save Brian Ferentz's job? God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a uh, and appreciate the phone call, man. Grant, I I can't wait till the fall. To, to, to go on a show every mm-hmm. Monday or Tuesday and say how many points the Iowa Hawkeyes scored and what they're on pace to score and whether Brian Ferentz is on pace to get a job and to keep his job. Because yeah. all the fans over there want him gone. But in order for him to be fired, they need to score fewer than 25 points per game. It's an electric storyline. Let's say the Badgers, when they play them, the Hawkeyes need 28 points to retain Brian Ferentz in the second to last week of the year. And Fickle and Longo, they score 60. They just go off. But then at the end of the game, they think, oh, let's uh, let's kind of open the door a little bit. Let the Hawkeyes score a couple times to feel better and to keep Ryan Ferentz there. We need a uh, some sort of Greg Gard gauge, but for Kirk Ferentz. I don't know, or or his offensive coordinator, I should say, for Brian Ferentz. Yes. How that's going. Speaking of, by the way, keeping track of points, this is something you could do too. My favorite fantasy football podcast, which is friend of show and network Danny Heifetz, Danny Kelly, Craig Horlbeck, last year for like eight or nine weeks when the Bears were just dismal on offense, on Mondays they would compare the Bears' passing yard total to the passing yard total from that game of the week by the Navy midshipmen. And it was always a, <laughs> it was always a really fun comparison. Because they don't throw. Yeah, exactly. That's beautiful. I love, I mean, I love college. There's nothing like following an Iowa Hawkeye football team. Yeah. Because they're good at some things, but then the rest of the stuff is like bottom of the barrel bad. It's and incredible. And the Nebraska football team. Well, they just, they just stink at everything. Except I like Matt Rule. 877. Oh, very fun. 867-1670. They're, they're not boring. You, you cannot say they're boring. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Line two. You're on the Bill Michael Show. Who do we got? Uh, this is Teddy. What's up, buddy? Hey, how are you doing today? Good. We have a really stinking organization in Green Bay. The reason we have a stinking organization is because the culture is zero. The difference between Bob Harlan and this Papa Smurf is Oh, is it's night Papa Smurfy and, guy. Papa Smurfy guy is night and day. Uh, Murphy is this doofus from nowhere land and there is no sense of excellence on the in that organization i mean they're just happy to show up and they've been able to win that stinking division you know so easily every year because they've had good quarterbacking but then they hit the last game of the season at lambeau to beat Detroit, Detroit, who's been the doormat of the stinking division for a hundred years, and the reason they lose is culture. 
It's because Detroit has found a way to turn around. It's because Detroit was seeking excellence. It's because Detroit was going to win that game come hell or high water. And stinking Packers, they've got LeFleur, who's a doofus. They, they, they got their defensive coordinator, who's a doofus. Yeah, I have a question and, real quick. Teddy, right? Yes. Um, does does Goody fall into this category? Of Goody, yeah, of yeah, he has to because he he made the catastrophic decision. You know, if you were going to make the worst decision of your life, if you were going to walk off the cliff, if you were going to impale yourself on a stinking telephone pole laying in the road, that's what Goody did. By drafting love, I mean, what the hell was he thinking? You're, you're on the verge. See, that's where you're not seeking excellence. That, that's where your your mind is somewhere else. You're, you you think you know more than anybody. You you think you're going to pull a diamond out of the rough. Well, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He just sunk the team. And you know, the other thing is, you know, you have a Raj. He sunk with the franchise, just like Teddy, Favre Teddy, sunk Teddy. with the franchise. Favre didn't know if he wanted to retire or if he just wanted to go out and open a lawn business. And that and the reason that was right, because buddy. Teddy right, wouldn't right. give him anything. I, I got you, Teddy. Thank you. Thank you for the phone call. Um, not run well in, in Green Bay, Grant, So is, is what I take away. My question is, is anything good? <laughs> but I don't want to ask uh, with the fright of setting off more things that are bad. I, I think this team that was just something. needs – to get good call mean and nasty and serious like you got al lazard talking about how hackett made learning fun great and aaron Rodgers saying oh we, we got to whip this culture into shape and we got to be a family and take care of our own rogers i'm sorry all your friends got old and washed what do you want the packers to do about it what, what do you want them to do about it that's not their fault you want them to put together a, a gift basket for them on their way out the door okay fine but your buddies got old, and they weren't good anymore. So we got Rodgers distracted by this. We got Al Lazard and Nathaniel Hackett making Austin Powers jokes in meetings. <laughs> no wonder they didn't win anything over the last couple of years. They need an edge. Maybe love. You, you know what's beautiful about this whole thing? We have no clue what love is going to be when he takes the field as a yeah. leader because it's so different being the other guy in the room as opposed to the guy. So take away how he plays which could be good, could be bad. We don't know how he's going to lead or how that's going to look. There's a chance that he just has that killer instinct type persona. That's what makes the intrigue of the season so great. There's a lot of intrigue. That's for sure. 877-867-1670. We have to step away. Uh, We'll get to the calls when we come back. I see a couple on hold. Also want to talk some March Madness Going in, uh, we're back. The Sweet 16 gets back underway tonight. So we'll touch on that as well. That is Grant Bills on Ben Kenny and for Bill Michaels. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, welcome back in. Bill Michaels Show. A couple segments until we're out of here. If you missed any of the show uh, and you want to find it, podcast will be up. Just search The Bill Michaels Show. Have each hour up there as well as a best of, as we always do. Grant and I will be back tomorrow. 
Uh, coming up a little later, Grant, obviously, Wisco Sports Show on many of these same stations. Uh, as our, our great sports director and good friend of show, Zach Heilprin, just texted, the, uh, the Badger Pro Day was today, Grant. And apparently yeah. they made me a credential. Oh. Which either means, A, they think I'm significant, which is not true at all. I'm going to send them an email and say, sorry, I'm a casual. Uh, or B, I should have I should have gone, which I clearly can't. Well, you know, there was an instance a couple of years ago, uh, which I was given a credential to something, and I couldn't end up going because of work-related reasons. And I've been hearing sure. about it for about five years since from Zach. So I'm sure Zach will be equally forgiving uh, to you as he's been to me. Well, I told him to bring it to uh, to Monks when we do our show talking about the Pro Day and Spring Ball tonight so I can at least hang it up with my other credentials. Yeah, I'd save it. You sent me a picture. It looks pretty cool. Oh, it is. Maybe that means they're trying to tell me without telling me that I should stop talking and start going to practices and things of that nature, which also could be true. But it's tough. Studio. I, I have a day job. I'm, I'm talking. Uh, talking about the pro day where... Keanu Benton, Nick Herbig, Joe Tipman, others working out in front of NFL teams. Vujinovic. Vujinovic, notably. I, I don't think Goody's there, frankly. So uh, we'll talk about that coming up a little later on. We'll get Max report. Uh, and then maybe some chatter. If anything significant comes of it, we'll talk about that tomorrow on this show for sure. Coming up tonight, though, Grant, March Madness yeah. is back. What is the what does the viewing habits look like? You got Michigan State, Kansas State at five thirty, Arkansas, Yukon, which is a banger at, at six fifteen, FAU, Tennessee, which I could go without at eight o'clock. And then I I have a problem. Gonzaga, UCLA playing tonight at eight forty five. I have Gonzaga to win the tournament, not that anyone cares. And I do. I have not been able to watch one Gonzaga game because they're all on so freaking late at night. What time do you go to bed? Like 9.30, 9.45. When do you get up? Six. Why? I, I'm i in here at 7.30 every day. Seven. Why? Work. I have You're things to do. You're not on air until like 9, 9.30. I have, I, have, I have many a thing to do. I don't understand your schedule, but that's fine. That's not what we're talking about. Well, I, I get good sleep. Well. I guess maybe that's, I mean, that's a good reason to go to bed when you do. I don't get good sleep, but I stayed up to watch the end of Suns Lakers last night. And that game means very little to me or my show. So I just, I don't know. Stay up to watch Gonzaga. You never know when, oh. well, no, I guess Drew Timmy's coming back now. I was going to say, we never know when it's going to be his last time on a court, but <laughs> he's coming back. It's going to be a really good game. I just, yeah, I don't think I'll, I'll be able to be up for, for most of it. I just don't Tomorrow's get why they're Friday. make an exception. Well, we're on air tomorrow. I need to be sharp. I, I need my thoughts to flow out. I suppose. I can't go out and drink all night. I mean, I could and then host. But you I'll... can just watch it at home. What, until 11 o'clock? <laughs> yes. That's and late. Go to bed when it's done. Uh, that is so far past my bedtime, which I, could be a problem. That could be a me problem. But that's just not no, how the schedule works. It's fine. It's fine. So that's coming up later. Uh Tom Izzo's Michigan State Spartan somehow there again. Kansas State's kind of electric. I don't I, I don't know much of like I didn't watch much non Big Ten basketball this year, but Kansas State's been fun in the tournament. Their their shade of purple is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's always I, good to have a purple team. It's always good to have a Big Twelve team. I see that in football too. 
the the purple and gray. Yeah, big Kansas State fan. Arkansas, oh. and, and and I didn't watch much UConn either. Y- UConn's incredible. I think, I think UConn's my team. I think I'm pulling for them to win it all. Their guy's Sonogo, their center. Mm-hmm. In the second half of their first game, who I forget who it was, it was against, he had like, I don't know, six points, a couple of rebounds at halftime. He comes out in the second half and puts up 20 points and 15, 12 boards. He, he finished with like 30 and 15. He's unstoppable. Yeah, he's like Oscar Sheboy if Sheboy could score at all. He could put the ball in the hoop at all. Yeah, everybody wondered why National Player of the Year at Kentucky last year. He comes back. Obviously, NIL probably part of it that he can totally. now make money. But also, that doesn't seem like a big NBA guy. No. It seems like the, the decision Rodman. was made. There's no, there's no Rodman in the league anymore. You got to be able to at least fake being good at offense. Maybe there should be. I guess. I mean, we're going to get more into the NBA playoffs when they come up. It is really amazing watching a series and watching the tiniest little weak link on a team just be picked apart and it'll, and it'll cost a team, right? You're like, you can have eight guys in your rotation, five guys in your starting lineup. And if there's one guy in your starting lineup and your closing lineup, that's bad at one little thing eaten alive. Like there's just no room for incomplete players in the NBA anymore, which is good and bad. It's good because it means basketball is well-rounded and talented at the highest level, but not a lot of room for gadget guys like Sheboy. Right. And I mean, all the Badger greats. When you when you have a an Ethan Happ type player, oh yeah, no more is there a non shooting, only able to score near the rim, semi undersized big man that can succeed. Rudy Gobert is one of the best defensive players of all time, and he can't win, right? Like he's the best specialist maybe in the league, and you can't build a winning team around him. You watch Brook Lopez; he's posting up. Mid-range, floater game, three points, amazing defense. Like, even the the more classically limited positions are so well-rounded these days. Nuts. Which is probably why I'm going to watch more NBA over the course of this weekend than March Madness. After the first weekend, my appetite really goes down. I'll be honest. For March Madness? Yeah, unless my team's in it. Or, like, I'll watch Michigan State, and I'll probably watch UConn. But other than that, we'll see. Well, the brackets are dead by then, but the games get better. That's why... And and this is admittedly a, a cowherd talking point that I very much agree with. Cinderella's are cool. Upsets are great. But then they completely tank the future rounds. Not if you don't watch the future rounds. I guess that's true. I would much rather watch Purdue play, who is it, Tennessee tonight than Florida Atlantic. Totally. St. Peter's making that run. Awesome. It was so cool until they played Kentucky and got the doors blown off. Oh, no, they beat Kentucky. Who did they lose to? I forget. It's not important. But Cinderella's are cool, except for the fact that you get to a point where they just get crushed and then you realize it's not as fun, which brings to another conversation about the college football playoff that I would love to avoid. It's so sad. I just would have preferred Michigan to beat TCU last year. And I won't apologize for it. It would have been a national title game that was at least a game. I don't think so. You still don't think so? I mean, it would have been more of a game. Okay. But that's not very challenging. Also, the whole concept of Cinderella's, everyone says, oh, Cinderella's now can go into the playoff and win. I don't think people realize 
that the teams seeded 8 to 12 in the future playoff when it expands are not going to be Toledo or a MAC team. You know who they're going to be? They're going to be Alabama, Clemson, mm-hmm. Penn State, mm-hmm. a team that suffered injuries and had a couple close losses. USC. That get hot towards the end of the year and are the blue bloods, but in normal years they shouldn't make the playoff because they lose. Now they start to make it. Your new Cinderella's are just Alabama when they have a down year, which isn't correct, which doesn't do it for me. We're, we're, Look, I'm anti-expansion of everything. I don't want to add teams to the college football playoff. I don't want to add teams to March Madness, which I talked about yesterday. Like, I had Badgers fans telling me that, well, in a couple of years, the tournament's going to expand anyways, so a year like this for the Badgers is going to be the new norm. They'll just be in the tournament. I'm like, Ugh. okay. Out. I'm not, I'm not doing Out this. on that. Expanding the tournament. Why? Well, for money. The answer's always money. Well, of course. Yeah. Be- because I always come back to this. I think the people running those sports... And a good example is Kevin Warren, who goes from the Big Ten commissioner shaking up the sport, taking USC, UCLA to the Bears president. The people running the sport don't have the sport's best interest in mind, I don't think. I think they have the interest of how do we make as much money as possible in mind, which isn't always the same thing. But sometimes is. Sometimes it is. Yep. All right. 877-867-1670. We'll hit the final break. We'll come back. We will close out the show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, couple minutes until we're out of here. Bill Michael's back on Monday. Grant and I will be back with you coming up tomorrow. Grant, I just saw the tweet of the day. I think this is a good note to close on. The NFL on CBS, highest passer rating last season. Number four, Patrick Mahomes, 105.2. Number three, Tua Tagovailoa, 105.5. Number two, albeit questionably, Brock Purdy, 107.3. And number one is Jordan Love. Wow. At 112.2. Let's go. Get the gold jacket ready. I would like to raise the banner or retire number 10 at least. Oh, my God. So that's fun. Thank you to NFL and CBS for uh, playing into the the agenda of uh, – of the pro love people, the agenda with a capital T and a capital A. Yes, yes, yes. Gotcha. All right. Um, coming up tomorrow. I mean, we'll talk March Madness depending on what happens tonight. We'll we'll get into more Brewers as well. I have more Packer thoughts. There have been thoughts that have been bubbling for a while. Probably some Goody discussion. I want to go off season as a whole. Thoughts on on how it's been executed. What else needs to be done. And what avenues are are there to do it, and uh, whatever comes up, whatever comes up, we'll see if Grant stirs any controversy in the next twenty four hours. I I can't, I I can't. This this took a couple years off my life. I need to just, I might just play press conference tonight. I, I'm just trying to blend. I'm gonna have, try to have a beige show, at least land show. At least you didn't tweet that you didn't like cheese curds. I, look. 
we talked about this. Some cheese curds aren't really that great. Like if it's just a a crummy bar fried cheese curd, I'd rather have fries or onion rings. But good cheese curds. Do you like uh, fresh cheese curds? Like you stop at a, a creamery, get a bag of squeaky cheese curds just as a snack? No. You don't like those at all? Okay. Well, I don't. I, it's not that I don't like them. I don't choose to go that direction. Okay. Fair. So. It's 100% fair. Yeah, and frankly, hopefully more news will break in the next 24 hours. It'd be it'd be hilarious if the Rodgers trade happens. And then we come on and, and react to it. it. It's a Friday. So if you think it's ever going to happen, that probably could be the day. I don't think it will be, but we'll see. Uh, Wisco Sports Show, 4 to 6. Everybody check it out. He is at Wisco Grant on Twitter. I'm at Ben Z. Kenny. The podcast of this show will be up. And then... Uh, Kenny and Heilprin tonight, five to six, talking, talking Badger spring ball, which is approaching. We're going to talk about that tomorrow too. I have some fickle thoughts, which I think will be taken well. Grant, as always, thank you, sir. Thank you, Ben, for having me. Have and we we will talk to you tomorrow. See you. <laughs>